Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. Great to have you on this chilly Sunday morning. My name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your Warm Heart pastors. It is a blessing and a joy to have each and every one of you here with us this morning. If you're joining us online, hello, welcome to you. We are blessed to have you with us as well. Uh, wherever you are watching. I know we got people on the Oregon coast watching today. We got people in, up in New England today. And uh, if you're from somewhere else, let us know in the comments below and uh, uh, like and subscribe and all that jazz. We are glad to have you with us. Uh, how, are, how are my Boise State fans today? Yeah. I, Idaho Vandals, how you feeling? Yeah. How about the people who don't care anything about college football? How you feeling? Can't wait for it to be over. It's good to have each and no, no matter how you feel about it, it's, it's, it's great to have you with us this morning. We have a guest speaker today. Can I hear a gasp? Yes. It's, it, is a, it is my joy to welcome the Reverend Karen Hernandez in our pulpit this morning. I'll ask her to stand so you can see her. This is, and just remain standing, we'll make it awkward for a moment. Uh, she is our district superintendent. <clears throat> What is a district superintendent, I hear you ask? What is a district superintendent? Well, we are part of the Oregon-Idaho Annual Conference. 
All Methodist churches in Idaho and Oregon are connected. The conference is broken up into four different districts. It's up on this, right up there. We are part of the Sage District, the one that beats all the others uh, by size and by spirit and by love. <clears throat> uh, sage, it sounds wise, doesn't it? Her district is the largest in the conference, and two of the top three churches in the conference are under her watch. Uh, we have close to 40 churches in our district that D.S. Karen oversees. In essence, she, in essence she's my boss, okay? or at least uh, my most immediate supervisor. Before being a D.S. here in Idaho, Karen came to us from the far-off land of New Jersey. Is that right? And uh, here in Idaho, she served the churches of Burley and Cuna. And we are blessed that she will give us the word today, traveling all the way from her home in Meridian, Idaho. <laughs> so she's from. Can you just welcome her now so we can... Paula's our worship leader today, and she has a few announcements as well. Good morning and welcome. And welcome to you also. We have a very, very busy month or two ahead. So brace yourselves because you'll have a lot of announcements coming up in the next few weeks. So this morning... Next week begins our annual Thanksgiving box program here at the Church of the Warm Heart. If you would like to help a family out this Thanksgiving with the gift of food, boxes, and a shopping list will be available to pick up on Sundays in the office during the week. We hope to provide 50 boxes this year. Due to limited refrigerator storage at the church, we're asking the congregation to get just the dry goods this year, and the staff is going to provide the turkey and the butter Uh, as the dates get closer. So when you think turkey, think Pastor Mike. he, He wrote that, by the way. If you would like to donate to the cause and help the turkeys, donations are always very welcome. Next week, uh and ooh, is the beginning of Daylight Savings Time. This is the one where we get to sleep in. My favorite. If you forget next week and come in an hour early, great. Have a good social time. You can join the choir in their rehearsal and be co-opted in the music ministry here at the Methodist Church, Meridian Methodist. Then the big one. Next Saturday is our bazaar. It is such a fun time to get together, to visit, to work together to help our church and get better acquainted with your fellow members. So it is, it says, yeah, okay. Now I'll read the script. I ad lib a little too much. (laughs) Anyway, I say annual, but we haven't had one in many years, and that is very true. Margaret Pridmore is heading up the festivities and would like to share a word or two. This is our brave lady and much appreciated. Brave's a word for it. There are a few others too. Um, so next week is the bazaar, and uh, I think everybody is really excited to have it back and kind of get back into the flow of things. Um, I know I personally have missed it since uh, COVID, and uh, we still could use a little bit of help. A couple of things. One, we've got a meeting right after this service over in the FLC. One last meeting for all the volunteers. Two, uh, we could still use like pies and baked goods and crafts. If you have, if you want to contribute anything, come see me over during the, the coffee hour and I'd be happy to um, put your name down as a volunteer or to bring something. And three, I want to thank all the volunteers because, uh, you know, I wasn't sure how many to expect to kind of show up and a lot of people have. So I appreciate everybody. And I hope to see everybody at the bazaar next week. This week, right? This, or this week. This coming. Oh, that's right. It's only six days away. Six days away. In six days, I hope to see everybody. There's going to be a ton of food. There's going to be a ton of fun. So see you there. We are the Church of the Warm Heart, so get those smiles. Just do, just, just exercise a smile here real fast. Now give your neighbor a big, cheesy smile. Not a creepy one, but a happy, cheesy one. I think you're ready. Let's greet those around us in Christian love and then remain standing for the hymns.
remain standing and join me in the... Uh, okay, anyway. Our affirm, affirmation of faith. It's not written here. I'm sorry. <laughs> I have to have everything in front of me or I don't do it right. Anyway, please join me in the hymnal, 881, or from the, over the front screen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead, he ascended into heaven, and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. Unless you're a kiddo like fifth grade and down, come on up. This is your time in worship. Minecraft? Is that Minecraft? Minecraft? Minecraft. See, I'm with it. I know what the kids are doing. Carmen San Diego? Where in the world is Carmen San Diego? Are you all going to dress up for Halloween this year? Yeah. Yeah, what you going to be? I'm, I'm going to be a... You're going to be one of those? Yeah? She's looking at mom. What's mom? Cinderella? Cinderella, Cinderella. I should have thought of that. You got to clean the house and got to do all that stuff before you can go trick-or-treating. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, what are you guys going to be? An inflatable dinosaur, the best kind of dinosaurs. Another inflatable dinosaur. Oh, he's going to be riding it. Oh, I've seen those. Those are awesome. Are you dressing up this year? Is it too going to be Wednesday Adams. I love it. Yeah. Awesome. I remember dressing up when I was a kid. Uh, I, I was the Incredible Hulk one year. I was, I was Spider-Man another year. Apparently, I like Marvel. Spider-Man? I'm going to be Spider-Man. Yeah, I was Spider-Man. It was pretty cool. Um, it's kind of fun to pretend for a day, isn't it? It's kind of fun to pretend to be something for a day and just, just kind of cool. Um, sometimes we pretend when we're adults, too. So we have a guest preacher here today, so that frees me up to go over there and play the guitar. I pretend I know how to play the guitar. So I, I know. I was, my, I was in college, and, and it was like the beginning of the school year, and I wanted to be in swing choir. Oh, I wanted to be in swing choir. And I walked into the, into the tryouts, and there was one person in there waiting. She was a freshman. I was a sophomore. I thought she was cute. So I went to go sit down next to her. I found her. Her name was Stephanie. <laughs> She's in there, so I got to watch what I say. And she was bugged because I was sitting next to her, and she was getting ready to, to, to she was trying to fill out her forms, and, and I, just, I just wanted to sit next to her. And then we tried out for swing choir, and she made it, and I did not. <laughs> so I asked the director, how do I get into this? And the director says, do you know how to play bass guitar? I said, give me one week. (laughs) That's how I learned how to play bass guitar. I pretended and then I got better at it. So, uh, I know. Uh, There is a lesson in here. I'll get to it in a second, but I want to show you. (laughs) I want to show you. Uh, This is the ooh and ah moment. Aww. Some baby costumes. Isn't that cute? Dress up like a little gnome. Yeah. What's next? Oh, do you like the chicken outfit? Yeah. What else we got? Mustard and relish and ketchup. Oh, and that. Pretty. <laughs> oh. Little taco walking around. 
my favorite one. Yeah, the mouse crab. <laughs> a little bit of Barbie. Well, this is what it says in the New Testament out of Colossians. This is New Testament now. Um, Therefore, Paul says, as God's chosen people, holy and dearly loved, clothe yourselves, like costume yourselves, with compassion, with kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. Go ahead and keep that up there for a moment. On Halloween, we dress up. Sometimes as funny things, sometimes as scary things, and sometimes just as, as movie heroes or whatever. I saw Bluey. I feel like Bluey. I saw Bluey the other day. That was cool. But for the rest of the year, we clothe ourselves. We put a costume on, and hopefully we can live into it. Uh, a costume of compassion and kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. And hopefully we're not pretending uh, when we put on that costume. But if we are pretending, then God still loves us and hopes that we can grow into this as well. Can you pray with me today? Dear God, we ask your blessings upon these little ones that they have a safe, safe Halloween and just enjoy the spirit of the day of, of just being something else for a while. Lord, we know that you love us just as we are. And we ask that you walk with us through the dark nights and the good days and in the, in the, in the weeks and months ahead. And the family of God said, Amen. Amen. Thanks for coming back. Got Sunday school right there.
Good morning, church. I'm Pastor Jen, and I just have one more little announcement. Since I have the mic, I'm going to take the opportunity. Um, For the Thanksgiving food boxes, we are going to need volunteers. And so next Sunday, we are going to pass out the boxes between services during our coffee hour. So if you would like to help next Sunday... I am going to have a sign-up sheet between our services today, and there are opportunities to volunteer for this next Sunday. Once again, next Sunday is the pickup box, Um, and then the 12th, and then the 19th as well. On the 19th is when we're going to be collecting all the boxes and taking them and making sure they get delivered. So I've got my clipboard all ready, and I know you want to volunteer, so please see me to get get that volunteer information from you. Now, this is the time of our service where we, we center our minds and our spirits in preparation for the message today. This is a time that we share our prayer requests with one another. So if you have a prayer request, something that's on your heart that you would like to share aloud and with your neighbors, please do so. And then I will lead us in our pastoral prayer and the Lord's Prayer, which the words will be on the screen. Let us pray. Gracious and loving God, thank you for this new day, for the cool, crisp air and the changing of the seasons. Lord God, there is beauty in all of it. And we, we are full of gratitude. This is your world, and we are your people. Help us to always be able to see the good and the joy and just the wonder of your creation. And help us to see the need as well. May we be moved by compassion to respond with love. Help us to see one another as you see us so that we may be a source of healing. Lord God, remove any blinders that we may have so that we may see and know your truth. Use us, Lord. Mold us, transform us for your purpose. And today, Lord, we gather as your people to worship and just glorify you. And we pray together as Jesus taught his disciples to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses. So you forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Now, if you are willing and are able, please stand for our hymn, Just a Little Talk with Jesus.
watching overhead as I read for you. You, you may sit down. Uh, it'll be printed on, on overhead for you to follow along. From Luke 18, 35 for, through 42. As Jesus approached Jericho, a blind man was sitting by the roadside begging. When he heard the crowd going by, he asked what was happening. They told him, Jesus of Nazareth, Nazareth is passing by. He called out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Those who led the way rebuked him and told him to be quiet. But he shouted all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. Jesus stopped and ordered the man to be brought to him. When he came near, Jesus asked him, What do you want me to do for you? Lord, I want to see, he replied. Jesus said to him, Receive your sight. Your faith has healed you. That is the way Word of God. Thank you, Paula. Good morning, friends. It is good to be here with you. Before I actually start reflecting on the scripture, I owe you, Meridian United Methodist Church, an enormous thank you. Can you remember back to June? Are there some of you that were so exhausted in June you can't possibly remember it because you were working so hard to help host annual conference here? Oregon-Idaho annual conference had not met in person since 2019 until we did so here in June of 2023, right here in this room, but making use of much of your property, both buildings, the park across the street, all of your generous parking, and all of the uh, hospitality and resources that you have here. So it had been four years since we had an in-person annual conference, and it had been many years. I never was able to figure out just how many, but more than 15 years since we'd had an annual conference in a local church. For a long time, we've been hiring that out to the professionals, either at Willamette University or at various hotel conference or convention centers uh, in Portland and Salem and Eugene, Oregon, and occasionally here at Riverside Hotel. But this year, we did it differently because so many things have changed, and you made that possible. We had skeptics coming out of the woodwork. I had phone calls. Your pastor had phone calls. Everybody involved with annual conference had phone calls worried about bathrooms and parking and how can they manage it and will we fit. And it all worked. People who gathered here from all across Oregon and Idaho uh, had wonderful experiences of worship and ministry. We celebrated the saints. We celebrated newcomers to our annual conference and those uh, who had been in ministry for many years and were marking uh, the start of their retirement. We did the business of the annual conference. We were very well fed. We were warmly received. And those things were only possible because of you, church. I am so grateful for the staff and the volunteers who poured in themselves constantly to make that happen. And I will get myself into a big mess if I start naming names. So instead of attempting to name names, I just need to lift up one name to you, and that is Lisa Miller, who's hiding way in the back. Lisa, can you wave? Thank you. Lisa's gifts of time and service and good cheer uh, were just second to none. I worked with her for months, as did many other people, and she's the one who really pulled it together and, and made it possible for us here. But I know she didn't do that single-handedly. If you had anything at all to do with annual conference, whether you greeted people or helped to pick up the mess we left of bulletins and agendas in the pews afterwards, if you helped with any snack or any part at all, all of annual conference. Would you please stand as you're able so we can thank you?
Thank you all so much. And if you saw virtually everyone here behind me standing, that's because your worship team offered us worship music over and over and over and over. What you get to enjoy typically once a week, we enjoyed at annual conference once a day or more. So worship team, I am deeply grateful for all of you, for all that your music added to our annual conference in June. Thank you. People are still talking about it too, by the way. And I promise you, I won't ask you to do it again in 2024. (laughs) After that, who knows? But not, not this next June. So even before annual conference happened here, maybe because he was using it as a bit of a bargaining chip, Pastor Mike asked me in December of last year if I could be with you and could offer the message to you this morning. And I tentatively put it on my calendar, happy to be here but not knowing quite what my schedule would be. So then in August or early September, we talked more about the particulars, and I said, you know, just just what do you need me to do? And he explained, well, we'll be in the midst of a sermon series on the Wizard of Oz. You're familiar with that now. And he told me about a couple of the sermon titles and topics and how that would be used, and I said to him, huh, well... Let me back up. He was clear that I did not have to participate in that, that I could, but there was no pressure or expectation whatsoever. And I appreciated that, but I said to Pastor Mike, I might just give it a try because, you know, I've never preached a sermon about Oompa Loompas. (laughs) And then a few days later, as I was kind of tossing ideas around in the back of my head, I said to my husband, they're doing a sermon series on the Wizard of Oz. It's my chance to preach a sermon on Oompa Loompas. And he said, why? That's the wrong movie. (laughs) You should know that I am pop culture illiterate. But, as part of my sermon preparation, since those conversations, I have now rewatched Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory and The Wizard of Oz, and I feel somewhat qualified to distinguish between Oompa Loompas and Munchkins now. So I've got that straight. But what's even better than that for all of us is that I'm not preaching on either of those. Rather, I'm going to preach on the text from the Gospel of Luke. So would you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all our hearts be pleasing unto you, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. The text that you heard just a few minutes ago from Paula is one of the many stories in Luke, but also throughout the Gospels, where Jesus and the disciples are on the road. Specifically in this passage, they're on the Jericho Road. I've been there. It's not a yellow brick road, but it's a road, and the name doesn't especially matter. And as we hear from the Gospel of Luke, there are crowds along the road there to see Jesus, mostly Jesus, but the disciples who are always tagging along with him. And there were crowds on the yellow brick road, too. Probably the most significant difference is height here, but I don't know that for sure. And that's okay because the crowds aren't specifically important either. Instead, what matters is that on the Jericho Road on this particular day, there's a blind beggar there. And with all of the excitement that's happening as Jesus is about to pass through, even a blind beggar can tell that something is very different. Something is going on with all of this scurrying. And he asks someone rushing by him what all the ruckus is about, and they explain Jesus the Nazarene is passing by. And that's all he needs to hear. He doesn't need to see Jesus with his own eyes. He just needs to hear what they're all getting ready for. And he knows what to do next. He cries out, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Now, the pattern that follows happens a number of times in the Gospels. So maybe you recognized it from this story, but maybe you can remember similar stories too. Someone in a crowd cries out, and it's not part of the plan. 
So others in the crowd, in this case, the scripture says the leaders quiet him down. They try to get him to hush. Stop bothering Jesus. He's busy doing this other thing. He's not here for you. And the blind beggar completely ignores them. And instead of being hushed and doing what they're asking of him, he shouts all the louder, Jesus, son of David, show me mercy. And the pattern continues. It's happened with women. It's happened with children. It's happened with others who are sick or broken or in need of care and healing. When a crowd or leaders try to silence someone, Jesus stops, and that's where he puts his attention. I don't know if Jesus hears the man's voice or if he otherwise senses this need, this person literally being further marginalized as he walks by, but Jesus stops and insists that the man who was crying out be brought to him. Now, the text just says that he's a beggar. He's begging for something. When I picture this text and others like it, I imagine someone begging for money. We see that some. Even right here in Meridian, more and more, I see that. And I imagine you do too. But another translation uh, that I read this week says he was actually begging for food. But when he cries out, he's not crying out for money or food. He's crying out for mercy. Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. When he gets to Jesus, Jesus can presumably tell, I suspect we'd all be able to recognize that the man is in need. He probably has obvious material needs. It's probably apparent to those who do have vision that this man is blind, and we could guess what he needs. Certainly all the people from town know because he's there all the time. They're well acquainted with him. And even though so much is obvious, did you hear what Jesus says first? What do you want me to do for you? Jesus says to the beggar. What do you want me to do for you? Even though he's been shouting and begging for perhaps years, Jesus asks the question and gives that man the opportunity to answer for himself. Jesus will heal him in just a moment, but I think the healing starts here. When Jesus meets a person for the first time, and instead of assuming that he knows him, instead of assuming that Jesus' understanding is what the man really needs, Jesus asks him and gives him the gift of autonomy. He trusts this man to know what he needs. And it seems like such a simple thing. And yet, historically... The church is really bad at it. It seems to me like the difference between charity and relationship. We don't see Jesus practicing charity. We see Jesus entering into relationship with people time and again. Even if it's only a brief encounter, Jesus interacts with the person. Even though... He is at once Jesus of Nazareth and the son of the all-knowing God. Jesus asks the question and gives the person the opportunity to answer for themselves. What a gift. Now the man does answer, what do you want me to do for you? With the expected response, he answers that he wants to see. He wants his sight restored. But Jesus also gives him that trust and autonomy. And as soon as he asks, he's made well. His faith makes him well. It's another part of the pattern of Jesus' healings, right? And as soon as he can see, as soon as that uh, request is met, he immediately does two things. Did you catch what he does? He begins to follow Jesus, and he begins praising God. And his praise is so exuberant that it's contagious. Everyone around him starts praising too. 
I don't imagine that many people had joined in with anything else this man had done as a blind beggar. Remember, they were trying to keep him quiet, probably not just on this day, but consistently. And now, now they're praising God together. And the man is no longer blind and no longer a beggar. He just became a disciple. He can see, but he also is in relationship with Jesus. Then presumably, the procession moves on because Jesus has places to go. He's on his way someplace. It's the Jericho Road, so he's headed to Jericho. No trick questions there. He's just going to Jericho. (laughs) And if you read the very next verse in the Gospel of Luke, you would see that they do, in fact, get there because it starts with, in Jericho. So the the group keeps moving, but now with this new disciple, perhaps with many new disciples, or at least those who are curious enough to follow along for a short time. The road does not lead to the Emerald City, so I'm glad that you're not so wrapped up in the theme that you thought that's where we were going. But it's the different road, right? Not Yellow Brick. Jericho Road leads to Jericho. And following Jesus will not ever, as far as I can tell, lead us to the Emerald City or the Wizard. So what on earth does this have to do with the yellow brick road? Well, have any of you watched the movie lately, The Wizard of Oz, being inspired by your sermon series here? My goodness. Oh, one. One person has recently watched the movie. (laughs) Maybe in between the doorbell rings on on Tuesday night, you should watch The Wizard of Oz. (laughs) Well, When they set off on the yellow brick road, it's a spiral. It's a tight spiral where it begins. And then it goes off across the hills and into all kinds of places that aren't always quite so magical as what it seems at first when the world has just come alive with color there in Munchkin land for Dorothy. But the road starts to look much different. So by a show of hands, I won't call on you. We're just doing a show of hands. Whose faith journey has been a consistently smooth, straight path? You're raising your hand. If you can relate to this, there's not a hand raised anywhere. So those of you online, you're not missing anything there. Um, Again, by a show of hands, who has been able to move along a faith journey disconnected from all other people and without ever leaving home? Anyone? I'm, I'm not actually volunteering, but I'm just showing you how to do it. You've never left home, and you've never had to connect with another person. Still no hands. One more time, then. Whose journey has included new relationships, twists, stumbles, turns, blessings, unexpected challenges, and beauty along the way on your journey of faith? Ah, different story. I can't be sure it was every hand, but it was sure uh, lots and lots of hands here in the room raised for that. That yellow brick road starts off smooth and then it changes drastically. They also start off as strangers and they get to the end of that particular road as dear friends that are sorry to part ways. Along the journey... Dorothy and the lion, the tin man, and the scarecrow not only get to know each other, but they get to know themselves. I hope that the disciples, the 12 original ones, and the other followers of Jesus are getting to know each other better, are getting to know Jesus better. And in doing that, I hope they're getting to know themselves better, too, through those relationships. It's important to note that if your journey is like mine, and based on our brief show of hands, it's at least something like mine, that journey of faith, it's not just about going through the motions and staying in the same place. It's not a treadmill. It's actually a path. And for me, I can't usually map it out very far in advance. But but if I take it just a step or two at a time, even stumbling along the way, then I get someplace. I get to a different place in relationship, a different place in how trusting I'm able to be with God. I'm trying to move into deeper relationship, not just to stay still and repeat useless motions.
The nameless blind beggar, too, is in a new relationship, and he is transformed by it. It's not only his sight, but it's his whole life has changed, because that's what theoretically happens. I think it's what ought to happen when we choose to follow Jesus. For this formerly blind beggar, he no longer sits on the side of the road. He's off on an adventure. And as his sight was restored, his mind and his heart, and hopefully the minds and hearts of many others, were opened to wonder. Friends, as followers of Jesus, we've got places to go. Jesus may well be in our midst here, but if he is inside the walls of these buildings, he won't stay long because he doesn't stay put. He's on the move. And specifically, we've got a mile to walk this year. Have you heard that? Have you talked about the mile yet? Yes. Oh, good. Good job, Pastor. At least a few of them have heard about the mile. I expect you'll hear more later. In fact, I'm sure you'll hear more later about the mile, but I'll just mention it to you now. After several years of working really hard just to hold it together through a special session of General Conference, through a global pandemic that felt like it would never end, and that still uh, has, has signs around us some The Jason Lee Memorial Church in Blackfoot, uh, their pastor is now home, and somebody's pinch-hitting for her today. That was a text message this morning. It's COVID is still affecting our lives. But we held it together, and you, Church of the Warm Heart, you did more than hold it together. You kept loving your neighbors. You stayed faithful to the relationships in this church, to the partnerships in your community. And I hope, I can't see it, but I hope and I trust, and it seems as though by your actions, you stayed in relationship with God. But now, now that we're moving past some of the trauma of recent years, Bishop Cedric is asking us to move together, not in lockstep, But rather, he's asking all of the churches across the greater Northwest to move generally in the same direction. And he's offered us that invitation by saying, will you walk the mile with me? Now, in this case, mile is an acronym. M is for ministry that matters. And specifically in this season, our bishop is pointing out to us that that ministry is related to health and housing. That can take all different forms, you know. Collister United Methodist Church built affordable housing right on their property. I know that you have like six or eight square feet of empty space that's unused out here, right? It's probably not your call to build housing right on your property, but I trust our bishop, and I believe that we are called to make a difference, to be engaged in ministry that matters, and to follow his lead, because especially if we're all working on ministries of health and housing, think of all the change that we can do. Think of how much more powerful it will be if we're in relationship with our neighbors, asking them, what can I do for you? What do you need, and how can I be a part of that? Instead of deciding for them what they need, instead of giving them what we think they need, M, ministry that matters. I is for itineration, the I and mile, itineration. That's a commitment to moving from place to place, a commitment that all of your Methodist clergy have made and that United Methodist churches have made, recognizing that pastors will come and pastors will go. And you have lived that out faithfully during the pandemic, when after a long time with Pastor John, you faithfully welcomed your new pastor and have continued in ministry with a new leader there. The L in mile is for laity, because without the laity, it would just be Mike and Pete and me. I, don't, I haven't seen any other clergy yet today, but we'd be a pretty lousy church if it were just the three of us. And in our United Methodist understanding, if you're not clergy, you're laity. So you are the church together with your pastors, but, but you are the church. 
So the bishop has asked us to pay close attention and to lift up the ministries and the call from God on the lives of the lay people among us. And finally, the E is for the elimination of racism. Now that shouldn't be news. Bishop Elaine called us to work on the elimination of racism back in 2020. And the Council of Bishops, our bishops from around the world, made that same call, asking us to be an anti-racist denomination, also back in 2020. So the E in Mile tells us that Bishop Cedric is asking us to continue that work, Maybe not exactly the same, but to continue working on it, to figure out how we are called to address racism in order to love our neighbors, but to love all our neighbors better. So, you're invited to walk the mile. Doesn't matter if the road is yellow-bricked or if it's the Jericho Road, it will lead us to deeper relationship with God if we'll walk it and if we'll open our hearts to that. And we won't end up in Emerald City, and probably not in Jericho by walking this mile, though if I'm wrong, I'd love to hear the story of how you get there. But what I'm certain of is that if we walk this mile together— And with other churches in our United Methodist Connection, if we're all walking this mile in the best way that we can, the place where we will certainly end up is much closer to the kingdom of God. May it be so. Amen. Thank you, D.S. Karen, for the message this morning. As we come to the offertory, a word of thanks to those who faithfully participate to the giving to this church. We support many ministries inside the church, outside the church, at home, and abroad. You make this place and ministry happen. Uh, Just to highlight one real fast as the uh, ushers come down with the offertory plates, thank you to those who participated in Friday's uh, fall festival that we had. Got some, yeah, we got some kids up there. I had a lot of fun Friday night with games, and I appreciate all the adults helping that out as well. Thank you to Malia for putting that together. Let us receive the offering knowing that it makes a difference. Please stand for our doxology and uh, offertory prayer.
our prayer. Generous God, bless these gifts freely given. With wisdom, heart, and courage, help us to give of ourselves to bring peace, color, and light to the world. May we reach out to the lost, lonely, and forgotten. For in you, there is no place like home. Amen. And our closing song, which is, I don't have my bulletin, what is it? Just a closer walk. We are still walking. Excellent. Just a closer walk with thee.